You're listening to Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais of Calvary Anaheim. To find out more, go to calvaryanaheim.org. And now, here's Pastor James. First Samuel chapter 28. Last week we talked about uh, King David having really kind of a slip, a backsliding, where he told himself in his heart that King Saul would kill him someday, despite the promises of God. And so instead of trusting the Lord and remaining where he was, he fled the situation and went into the camp of the enemy, into the Philistine territory, where he really got himself into a predicament, right? Oh, what tangled webs we weave when we purpose to deceive, said Shakespeare. Don't think that's a scripture. And, um, and so here he did tangle himself a, a web as he was deceptive with King Achish um, of Gath. And, and then King Achish said, hey, the Philistines, all my buddies, all my other buddies that are Philistines are all gathering together and we're going to go to war against Israel. And David, you're going to join us. And he's like, yeah, we are. But inside, we got to know that he's thinking, oh, no, what am I going to do now? You know, I either have to come clean or I have to go along with this. I have to fight against Israel or something. And so we left off with this situation with David where we're wondering what's he going to do and how's it going to work out? And then we get to chapter 28 and the Bible pauses on that dramatic situation and says, meanwhile, in the camp of Israel, here's what's happening with Saul. And so that's where we come in uh, with verse 3, 1 Samuel 28. It says, now Samuel had died and all Israel had lamented for him and buried him in Ramah in his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and the spiritists out of the land. So first of all, Samuel has died. There's a spiritual vacuum in the land. And Saul, it's mentioning here, had taken the mediums and the spiritists and put them out of the land. Now, this was a good thing that Saul had done. This was in obedience to the command of God in his law. And Moses spoke of this in Deuteronomy chapter 18. So we're going to take a little detour here to focus in on what the Bible says about mediums and spiritists in Deuteronomy chapter 18. So let's turn there together. Deuteronomy 18, and we're going to start at verse 9. Deuteronomy 18, verse 9. This is Moses speaking by the word of God. And he says, when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. So remember that God is displacing the Canaanites because their wickedness is filled up. And they are committing abominations before the Lord. And Moses here is going to list some of those abominations in a moment. But he's warning them, when you go in there, don't learn to follow these abominations. He's having to warn them because there is in our flesh a natural draw to spiritual things that are not of the Lord. And... 
He knows when they go in there that they're going to see these worship of false gods and these spiritual activities, not spiritual in a good way, demonic activities, and their flesh is going to be drawn to that. And they might be curious and want to learn a little bit more and then learn a little bit more and learn a little bit more until they find themselves in it. And they're influenced by the wicked culture that is there. So God, through Moses, is warning them. Don't learn to follow these things. Verse 10, There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who... uh, Well, let's stop there. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire. You see, the Canaanites worshipped a god named Molech, and they would sacrifice their children to Molech in their worship of Molech. And this was an abomination to the Lord. He loves kids. The Bible says that he has formed us in the womb. He's knit us together. Psalm 139. And so today, with abortion, we see this connection. It's no different than what they were doing, except they were a lot more overt with taking babies who were already born and burning them in the fire. In fact, by some accounts, they had a statue that they would heat up the arms to red hot and put the babies on there. That's absolutely horrible and maybe at one time unthinkable to us, but now we see our culture marching in that direction as we more and more devalue life. And that's what we're fighting against in our nation today, is saying, no, no, we're not going to go there. And some of us are taking a stand against that. And we need to take a stand in prayer. What the nation really needs is a revival. Because when people come to Christ and they begin to read the scriptures and get to, God, get to know God more, they're transformed. Remember, God did that to you and God did that to me. And our thinking is changed. And no longer are we living for the flesh and we're not to be living for the flesh and putting the flesh first, but putting God first and valuing what he values and he values life and he values sacrifice and self-denial for the benefit of others. Not, oh, I'm going to have sexual pleasure and then when I get pregnant, I don't want to give up my desires to have a career or the inconvenience of having a baby. I don't want that right now. So I'm going to plan when I want my par- to be a parent and I'm going to kill this baby in the womb. And God would say, no, no, that's not my heart, that's not my will. These babies are, have a soul and they're alive. They're to be protected, protected. And they're to be sacrificed for rather than sacrificed. Amen? And so he's saying, don't do that. 
Now, moving on, we're in the middle of verse 10. Or one who practices witchcraft. This is divination or the practice of seeking knowledge of the future or the unknown by supernatural means. Uh, In today's language, we think of psychics who either pretend to or actually do tap in to the supernatural demonic realm in order to bring out knowledge or information. And of course, there's a big industry in that because people are fascinated by that kind of thing and the flesh is drawn to it. And so God says, no, not for my people, not for my people. Uh, Next one here in verse 10 again, or a soothsayer. And this would be fortune telling, particularly through astrology, looking at the stars and the position of the stars and predicting futures and, you know, what's your sign and all of that. God says, no, not for my people. Mm Mm-mm. Next one is one who interprets omens. According to David Gusick, this is the the using uh, things as an aid into the spiritual. Tarot cards, Ouija boards, crystal balls, palm readers. These things are not of God, and we are not to be dappling in these things. We're not to be Uh, drawn to these things. We're not to stop off at the local palm reader just to see, hey, what, what does this person have to say? God says no. Next one, a sorcerer. Sorcerer uh, here would be one who works with potions and drugs for spiritual enlightenment. We think of the, the 60s in particular, but even today, where people would take LSD in order to, you know, get high for the purpose of having a spiritual experience and tapping into the spiritual realm. And when people do these things, they open themselves up to demons. And they begin to hear voices in their heads and all kinds of crazy things. And the devil takes them for a ride. And we're so thankful for some of our Calvary pastors who were in that place, but God rescued them. I'm particularly thinking right now of Mike McIntosh, one of the big-name Calvary Chapel pastors who was so strung out on drugs, he was in a closet and someone slammed the door. He thought a grenade went off and half of his face was blown up. And he was in that closet for three days thinking he was in this condition until he came out of it and was like, oh, my face is still here. And it was that event that drove him to the Lord to say, there's got to be something better than this. This is not working for me. And that kind of thing was brought out in that movie that Greg Laurie's putting out, The Jesus Revolution, where people just took it too far and almost died. Greg Laurie's wife, uh, his sister, almost died. And that drove her to Jesus, you see. But God says, no. Don't do these things. No potions and like, you know, witches brew and stuff like that. Don't dapple with drugs in order to reach some heightened level of spirituality and hear from the demonic realm, the spirits. Verse 11, or one who conjures spells. 
This is we think of a witch when we think of conjuring spells. There's an article I recently read on Christian Broadcasting News. I have the app. And, uh, you know, with, with Halloween happening recently, there were several articles that they put out of people who were into the occult or into witchcraft, but God rescued them from it and they became Christians. And one of them was this woman who was a white witch, and white witches want to use their magical powers and spells and things to do good. But then she realized that, no, this isn't good, and I'm not tapping into something good as she's engaging in animal sacrifice for purity, and she is using her spells for control over other people. She realized this is a control issue, and God got a hold of her heart, and she became a Christian. Hallelujah. The next one, or a medium, a medium, or one who consults with spirits is a medium. Or a spiritist. In the Hebrew, knowing ones, literally. And so people who get information from the spirit realm and give it to others. So this would be like our psychic hotlines today. Or one who calls up the dead. Modern terminology is a necromancer. And they hold a seance and then they call up someone from the dead and begin to communicate with the dead, God says, no, this is not for you. Stay away from these things. Verse 12, for all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations which you will dispossess listened to soothsayers and diviners, but as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. For you. We're not to seek information from spirits such as demons or angels or a lesser uh, being than God or the dead. We're made for a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And you see, when we dapple in these things, what we're doing is we're sidestepping relationship with God. I need direction. I want information. I even want to know what the future might have for me. But instead of entering into a relationship with God and seeking God for these things, Humbling myself, people go to psychics and mediums and crystal balls and things like that. And our God is a jealous God. And he says, don't turn to those things, even if you can get bits and pieces and nuggets. Because you know what it's going to do? It becomes um, a degradating force in your life. Because Satan hates your guts. And he hates my guts. He hates all people in the world. And so people who then go to to demons in the spiritual realm to find their answers in things, they're going to get possibly some truth, but a whole lot of lie. And they're going to, again, they're going to be taken for a ride that's going to end in death because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we seek first the kingdom of God 
And then all of these things are added to us. We trust God with our future. We ask God the questions that come to our minds. And we give them to the Lord and we get our answers from Him. In Acts chapter 19, uh, verse 19, when Paul was in Ephesus and he preached the gospel and lots of people got saved, it says also many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. And so God would have us to take those things that were part of our old life, the old man, and dispose of them, get rid of them. Maybe in your old life you were into some music that was really not godly music at all. In fact, it was anti-God. I'm not talking about songs about holding someone's hand. I'm talking about, you know, songs about sexuality, songs about taking drugs, songs about hate that are destructive to your soul. And you became a Christian and you said, what am I going to do with these albums or CDs or whatever they be? I'm going to get rid of them. And so same with you know, magic books, Ouija boards, tarot cards. We become a Christian and we get the fire going, friends. Stoke it up. And we burn these things before the Lord and say, that's my old life. That's the old way. Now I'm going to pursue God. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then in Deuteronomy here, chapter 18, verse 15, the Lord says, hey, instead of these things, here's the solution I have for you. It says, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst. Now, this is Moses speaking, a prophet like Moses, because Moses would hear from God and speak to the people. He says, from your brethren, one of your kin, him you shall hear. According to all you desire of the Lord your God in Horeb, which is Mount Sinai, in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire any more, lest I die. So what he's referring to here is at Mount Sinai, when Moses went up to the mountain and received the Ten Commandments, he gathered all the people, before he went up actually, he gathered all the people together, the multitude. And God Almighty spoke audibly to the group the Ten Commandments. And there was smoke and there was fire and there was lightnings and thunders and it was a very dramatic event as God was displaying His power and saying, here are my rules and my laws. This is what I value and they're serious things. So He was introducing Himself to the people of Israel. And they were shaking in their boots, knees knocking together. And they said, we don't want to hear the voice of God anymore. It's too terrifying. Moses, you talk to God and tell us what he said. And so it goes on here in verse 17. And the Lord said to me, what they have spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. 
And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. And so, you know, although God is choosing to speak to his people through prophets rather than directly as he did at Mount Sinai, Jesus is the ultimate prophet that all others are imperfect foreshadows of. They're just a type of Christ. And we're told in the scriptures that God now speaks through his son, Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, Jesus. He's speaking of Jesus, his son. And so we saw Jesus. He came to the earth. He was relatable. He was not the fire and the smoke on the mountain and the terrifying voice. Sometimes he was the terrifying voice. Just ask those in the temple who were buying and selling. (laughs) But Jesus went around and he touched people and he healed them and he had gentle conversations and he was the express image of the Father. He revealed to us the heart of the Father. And he still speaks to us even to this day through his Holy Spirit and through his word. And the Bible says that Jesus is the word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And in fact, this scripture we just read in Deuteronomy is speaking specifically of Jesus. It was a prophecy of Jesus coming to be the perfect prophet. And this is made clear in Acts chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, where Peter quotes this passage during his sermon after Pentecost and directly links it to Jesus Christ. And so we know that here in Deuteronomy 15 through 19, it's speaking specifically of Jesus, that prophet. And remember that a prophet has the word of God, hears the word of God, and speaks it and shares it with others. John chapter 12, verse 49, it says, For I have not spoken of my own authority, says Jesus, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And so Jesus, first of all, as God himself, secondly, as, you know, one of the third members of the Trinity, is hearing from the Father and speaking. And so he is the ultimate and perfect prophet And those who reject his words, God will require that of them. There's going to be a consequence for rejecting the words of Jesus Christ. And so let's not be those people. And let's not be a people that sidesteps a relationship with God and seeks knowledge or fortune telling or anything like that through any other means other than seeking the Lord. The Bible says to seek him while he may be found. This is the time to have a a sweet relationship with him and be in communication with him. After all, there's really no relationship without communication. If we don't have a prayer life, 
if we're not in the Word listening to what He has to say, we're not really in relationship. And so He wants relationship, communication. He wants shared experiences as we serve with Him. What a blessing it is to serve with Him. Amen? Amen. It's no fun when we try to do it alone or when we're alone when doing it and we're just going out in our own flesh to make it happen. But when God leads and God's presence is there with us, it's a shared experience. God wants shared experiences with us and communication. But people that want to separate themselves from God but still want spirituality They want to separate themselves from God, but they still want to know something about the future. They want to separate themselves from God, but they still want some kind of information that is supernatural. Where are they going to go? Demonic powers, psychics, mediums, astrology. What's my sign? And that's what happens. And God says, no, don't reject me. Reject those things and embrace me. You've been listening to Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais of Calvary Anaheim in Anaheim, California. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to visit. Check out calvaryanaheim.org for location, service times, and more. We'd love to hear from you to let us know how God has touched your life through this program or to submit a prayer request, simply go to calvaryanaheim.org and scroll down to the Get in Touch form at the bottom of the homepage. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to listen again next time for another edition of Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Anaheim.